up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better wake them up. Get them up, get them going Wednesday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. As we are going to hook you up with five hours of morning sports conversation. Hope you can join us for as much as possible. However you find us each and every morning, 1019 on the FM dial. Could be AM 1260. Certainly also could be digitally on our Horn app. Also on your smart speaker. Also at hornfm.com. And yes, we have the cameras set up, Rod, in the South Austin home studios. So you could, uh, I think, hopefully, I'm able to see the uh, the cameras on our Twitch channel at hornfm.com. Also on our YouTube channel as well at the Horn Austin. So we are back up in, uh, in living color or light or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the, uh, the exposure is looking like there, but you can watch our show as well on hornfm.com and on YouTube, but certainly in the normal spots, listening on 101.9 AM 1260, streaming on that Horn app that you download to your phone and listening with a touch of a button for five hours a day, five days a week. Uh, we appreciate you being there. And, boy, do we have a lot to do to start the month of November. Hope you had a great Halloween last night, wrapping up the month of November or of October. Uh, temperatures were crisp to get out and do some trick-or-treating, have a great time, be safe, but uh, get back to it to start the month of November. And it is jam-packed. College football playoff rankings are out. A flurry of activity, as we thought would happen at the NFL's trade deadline. We'll get the winners and losers, maybe even the Dallas Cowboys, who did not make a trade yesterday, while uh, the contenders in the NFC all did, it felt like. Uh, we'll certainly have a look at that. Also, uh, the college football side of things, as we mentioned, the college football playoff rankings are out. More importantly for the Longhorns, huge game with Kansas State coming up on Saturday. We'll begin to, begin to or continue to drill down on that big contest. And in Major League Baseball, the Texas Rangers are now a win away from their first ever world championship after last night's dominant performance out in the desert. We'll get to all of that, plus much, much more over the course of our five hours. It starts right now, and we appreciate you being there. Look who it is across the desk here in the home studios. He is our shutdown corner from the 713 DB High down there in Houston, Texas. Also the 512 right here is uh, at DBU. Four stops in the National Football League. 16 years now doing great radio in the ATX. A proud papa, Blackstradamus himself, the football theorist. Hello, Rod Babers. I uh, appreciate the intro as always, brother. Appreciate the hospitality as well. And, uh, man, you're right. We got a jam-packed show, it, uh, especially with the trade deadline. Um, the first firing in the NFL, mid-season firing, that's always a big move. And the GM, the GM and the head coach at the same time. Uh, that is rest. We'll get into that, too. And, um, yeah, the Cowboys. I'm a little disappointed in the Cowboys, and I'll tell you why about that. Before we do, uh, get into all these sports headlines, of course, and breaking down Texas, Kansas State, uh, let's give a shout-out to those who serve. Our society built on the selflessness of service. So uh, each and every morning, uh, we like to salute those who serve. We know it's an honor but also a burden, so we appreciate you. Uh, no matter what capacity you do it in, God, country, our community, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, soldiers, first responders, the teachers, the nurses, uh, each and every one of you, uh, we know we can't name all all of you, but just want, to know, want you to know that we appreciate you and uh, thinking about you each and every morning. Each and every morning. And, yes, hope you had a great Halloween and the trick-or-treating and what went oh, on. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a Tuesday night. Got to go to school the next day, so can't get too rowdy. But uh, have a good time. Saw a ton of pictures on social media, folks out and about their costumes. And then, of course, the younger set will head down to uh, 6th Street and uh, the downtown mm-hmm. scene. Ty Henderson is our producer. Ty, did you? you out last night, or did you stay in and watch the Rangers pound lumps into the Diamondbacks? What was your uh, – uh, you know, we live vicariously through our single 
25-year-old producer, Rod. And uh, how would we do, Todd? we have a good time last night? Uh, ever since my, my bed cut on fire, I've been watching them on my, my fort slash bed uh, that I've made out of couch cushions. So I, I kept up the good omens last night, and I, and I laid there for the entirety of that game and watched it, and uh, we won. So yeah. I'll probably do the yeah, same you thing did. Tonight. You're the good luck charm. Yeah. You're the good luck charm. And the one, the yeah, one so time I didn't do that, we lost mm. in this World Series. Yeah. So. We'll see. You're the jinx. Mm. Yeah, Ty's bed caught on fire. Did we ever find a ruling of cause? It was yeah. the, the, uh, the, the cord? Was it the cord? I, I still don't know. Still don't know. Still working, on, still working on thankful. the bed, too. We're just, my, we're my, just my, very my, grateful. My back is uh, not feeling good this week. I'll, I'll I thought you much. said you you acquired a bed. I have not. Yeah. I have not. How long ago? This was this about uh, ten days ago now that your <laughs> middle of the night, early morning hours, your bed catches on fire, uh, some type of electrical issue in your house, and uh, we're just happy you're here with us, there, Ty. But now you've taken to watching the Rangers on your mock bed <laughs> that you've created, and the Rangers are doing you proud. And as Rod mentioned, there's some breaking news out of the NFL. Uh, let's get to the headlines. It's a busy, busy update desk. Let's get you caught up on the news of the morning because stuff comes. Coming down right now. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories each and every morning here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. And we'll get to that NFL news in a moment. We'll start with baseball. Rangers now just a win away from their first ever World Series crown. They pounded their way to an 11 7 win over Arizona last night out in Phoenix to take a three games to one advantage of the best of seven series. Rangers put game four away early. Marcus Simeon ripped a two run triple to highlight a five run second inning. Then Simeon ripped a three run homer to highlight a five run third inning. Corey Seeger made a 10 0 in that frame with a two run shot of his own. Rangers now 10 0 this postseason are on the road this postseason and they're now a win away from their first title in the 63 season history of the franchise it started as the washington senators way back in 1961 they can get that win tonight in game five out in phoenix college football first edition of the college football playoff rankings revealed last night undefeated ohio state slotted at the top of the four-team field three more unbeatens round out the rest of the top four with two-time reigning national champion georgia coming in at number two followed by michigan then florida state out of the ACC, Washington is the only unbeaten outside the top four. They're sitting at number five. Uh, one loss, Oregon comes in at six. And then the Longhorns check in at number seven in the initial CFP rankings. of the highest-ranked team in the Big 12. Alabama is at eight. Ole Miss and OU round out the top ten. Also from the Big 12, Kansas and, Can- and Oklahoma State come in at 21 and 22, followed by the Longhorn opponent this Saturday at DKR. The K-State Wildcats checking in at number 23. And now to the NFL on the breaking news, the Vegas Raiders, coming off that really ugly performance on Monday Night Football, have relieved head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager David David Ziegler of their duties here in uh, early November, first day of the month. They are out. Josh McDaniels done in, in Vegas. Dave Ziegler out as well. Flurry of trades ahead of yesterday's trade deadline in the NFL. As we expected, San Francisco made a big splash again. Last year, they swung the deal for Christian McCaffrey. Yesterday, they sent a third-round compensatory pick to Washington for the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. That was defensive end Chase Young. He now joins his Ohio State teammate Nick Boza on that defensive line in San Francisco. Earlier in the day, the Bears sent a 2024 second-round pick to Washington for the commander's other young pass rusher, Montez Sweat. Detroit bolstered their wide receiver core, sending a sixth-round pick to Cleveland for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Vikings added quarterback Joshua Dobbs from Arizona for a sixth-round pick. Of course, they lost Kirk Cousins to injury on Sunday. Over in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills snagged quarterback Rasul Douglas uh, from Green Bay for a third-round pick, and the Jacksonville Jags bolstered their interior offensive line, ending guard Ezra Cleveland from Minnesota for a sixth-round pick. Light night in the NBA, only three games, but a great one out in Phoenix. That's where the Spurs took down the Suns, 115-114. San Antonio rallied from as many as 20 down in that game to stun the Suns on Keldon Johnson's late steal and layup with 1.2 to go. Uh-huh. 
Horror Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. All right, Longhorns, number seven in the college football playoff. First college football playoff poll, which I think actually is right where they need to be. They don't control their own fate, but they are in a in an advantageous position that when chaos inevitably happens, which always happens in, in college football, that they can take advantage of it if they take care of business. Um, and that's a big if, especially starting up this weekend, making sure uh, that they win out. Um, but the pl- college football playoff committee, which – I mean, I, I really don't necessarily know if they have a formula or not that they really follow. They, I think they did go with your best resume uh, theory uh, yesterday that you brought up, E. I mean, Ohio State has arguably the best resume in college football. But then if that's the case, I think Florida State didn't benefit from that best resume you know, theory if that's the case because their resume is probably more impressive than Michigan's resume. Uh, and yet they're number four, right? Outside in Michigan's number three. Yes. I mean, I agree with you at the top. I do think Ohio State deserves that, but uh, Florida State right there behind them, and that's why I wonder if they're at, why they're at four. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think there's a – If it's a resume thing. If it's a resume thing. You know, so there's kind of I, – I, you, you said this last night with uh, on the, the Longhorn live stream on, on YouTube that we did, kind of a mixed message from the committee, the, the committee that uh, resume that matters, but we're also going to take into account uh, history, past precedent, uh, what the Georgia Bulldogs Georgia. have done uh, at number two. And then there's Michigan. I would have thought, based on – resume would have been Ohio State, Florida State, then Georgia, then Michigan. Uh, but, you know, they, they used the analytics and the dominance of Georgia and Michigan. Uh, Florida State, I don't know, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, moving – you know, you know, polls that will change week by week. Uh, you know, Alabama plays LSU this week. That's a matchup of top ten teams now in the first mm-hmm. rankings. If LSU were to win that game, you know, which I don't think they're going to in Tuscaloosa, Rod, but, uh, you know, they beat them last year on that last second uh, situation. And if they do, that, then that bolsters the LSU win for Florida State. So all those kind of things come into play here. Yeah. But I think your initial thought was right. Uh, Texas is right where they need to be. Uh, it'll, it'll, you know, the, 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 the Pac-12 versus the Big 12 argument is going to go to the final day, I yeah, think, is fair to say. That. But, you know, none of it matters if you don't win your games. I mean, that's the whole thing, and that's for everybody in this uh, conversation, but certainly for Texas. If they win their games and now you have a ranked matchup, you know, if you were to beat K-State Saturday with your backup quarterback, which, you know, Longhorns are favored to do, but not by a lot. That'll bolster your uh, resume. That'll bolster your resume again because, yeah. you know, the one thing I'll say, and I tweeted this yesterday, Rod, because that's, you know, do we still tweet things on Twitter or do we X things on X? I don't know. I don't know. I'm too old to try to worry Me about Me too. That. I'm just going to still say tweet. I'm going to sound old when I say it because I'm sure. Everybody even knows what I mean, I'm right? I'm sure kids are saying something else, but that's all right. But so post on social media. But so <laughs> uh, Texas, to this point, does own the best – the opponents that they've played and beaten own the best record of anybody else, right? All the contenders. The opponents the Longhorns have played and beat are 40 and 24, 16 games over 500 for a winning percentage. So the Longhorns have played all Power 5 teams. They've beaten them, some, most of them comfortably in their seven victories, double digits. And, they've, uh, and those teams have all been pretty darn good. Rice is a good team. Wyoming's a good team. Kansas, of course, is a ranked team uh, in this poll. Um, you know, BYU came in at 5-2. and two. Yeah. 
and it had some impressive wins. So they haven't played a, a mutt, I guess I would say, right? Nothing wrong with mutts, by the way. They haven't played a, <laughs> they haven't played a really bad team. Uh, second best in that ranking as far as you know, opponent win record is Penn State. Uh, Bama's in there with 10 games over 500. Oregon and OU are pretty close. Worst on the list, by the way, Georgia's opponents that they've beaten so far and then their undefeated start, 28 and 37. Their best win is Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. So they're, but they're back, they're the defending national champion and talking about back to back national champion. So they're getting a lot of credibility for the benefit of the doubt. Because they've been there and done that, and Kirby Smart is right now a made man. And that's why, you know, Nick Saban is made man, right? That's why Texas win over Nick Saban. You, you, you get you get extra points for that, <laughs> right? We're trying to figure out exactly what the methodology is for the committee and what and how, how they're looking at different teams. I think, you know, Texas, Oklahoma fans, I'm sure, are complaining about, you know, where they are behind Alabama and Texas. But it's because I think you get the Nick Saban bump. <laughs> for beating uh, Nick Saban at home, of course, in Tuscaloosa because Nick Saban has so much respect. I think Kirby Smart also as a made man. He gets that kind of res- respect. Even if they haven't had an impressive resume so far, they'll still put him up there. Michigan, has, they, have the, they have the beauty Right, the beauty contest. Like they have the most impressive wins, and they win in the most impressive fashion yes. of any team in the country. That's why. So everybody's got a different. My, my thing with the committee is everybody's got a different reason, basically, for being ranked where they are. They're not very consistent in their formula, which is okay. I mean, they have the committee they can do what the hell they want. But us trying to break it down and psychoanalyze them and figure out what exactly they're thinking, it's uh, it's like you said, mixed messages, and it's a lot of different variables. And maybe later on that. It becomes more consistent right now every team's got a different calling card at least it's uh you know the, the decision's based on two months of football right yeah. we've actually played games and we can head to him and haw i mean if you're if you're waking up this morning and you want to be disgruntled the one program i think can be you know florida state certainly could make an argument florida that their resume is better yeah. and washington you know washington they're like, wait a second we're undefeated why are we the only undefeated team but there's only four spots so that's why uh but then as we've said rod you can really give yourself you know an upset stomach if you think about this too far. But we talked about, you know, at the end of the day, the next month of the season will determine this in the championship Saturday. Um, you know, there's only four spots. So if Georgia, the Ohio State-Michigan winner, and eight, and Florida State don't lose, that's three spots taken right there, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to play itself out. That likely leaves one spot in the Final Four, and that's going to go to the winner. So now that's where Texas is with the Pac-12. You know, where's Oregon and Washington? What's Texas? What's what's the next? But at that point, that's again, you just get, give yourself an ulcer. Just don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, worry about the games. That's all you can do. Because uh, control what you can control. Longhorns have an opportunity to do that and further bolster their resume this Saturday at 11 o'clock. It's the big noon Fox game. And, of course, Rod will have more on that coming up behind the burn orange curtain. There's about five lead stories today. Um, and in addition, that just broke, you know, when we were going on the air, I hadn't seen that yet, Rod, that uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel relieved of duties Both. In, uh, in Vegas. I mean, yeah. Mark Davis, what a mess. Remember, he, he, he fired John Gruden in the wake of a scandal or John Gruden had to step aside in the wake of that email scandal and the yep. whole Dan Snyder thing and the NFL and lawsuits, and it was just ugly. And, you know, Rich Passaccia took over on an interim basis in Vegas, and they win 10 games and made the playoffs with Derek Carr. He was a good coach. Yeah, good yeah coach Rich Passaccia did a yeah. good job. And, good job. and, and John Gruden had built a decent team with Mike Mayock. Not great. But then you went to the uh, New England Patriots stable, bring in Josh McDaniel, 
who was a failed coach in Denver. Let's not forget, he was a, went to Denver and it did not go well. Tim Tebow. The Tim Tebow Tim experiment. Tebow year. Yeah, Tim Tebow experiment. Yeah. And, uh, and so this didn't go yeah. well. But you bring in – and that was the, the odd part. After going you know, a 10-win season into the playoffs, and if you remember that year the Cincinnati Bengals went on to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC – Vegas almost beat them yeah. in the wild card round. And remember, that's when they had a lot of issues going on inside that team, right? That was the rugs, right. the Henry Red Rugs stuff happened. They had they had like three or four like oh, coach off the lead. field, yeah, the kind of yeah, dumpster fire. Yeah. And it felt like <laughs> and, to me, Versace did a great job of crisis control. Yeah, crisis management. And yeah. Derek Carr stepped up and really became the leader of the team. Shouldered a lot of it. He went to bat for Henry Ruggs and his teammates and led them to the playoffs. Almost beat Joe Burrow in Cincinnati that that year. Yeah, and I don't know, almost don't matter but they were right there i mean they had a, you know got an opportunity to win and then immediately you hire josh mcdaniels who was the, who within two weeks sours on Derek carr you know two games in he sour and you had just signed Derek carr to a big contract sours on Derek carr and decides he's not my quarterback mm-hmm. so you kind of waste a season in year one then you go out and invest in jimmy garoppolo uh and get rid of Derek carr and bring in jimmy g had Devonte adams too really. yeah yeah you had made the and move for Devonte <laughs> adams you Cause, yeah because him and Derek carr are really cool they were, were bffs i don't get yeah, played it, together in college so yeah <laughs> that's why that was all that was part of the reason he went there remember he was like oh, i want to play with my boy Derek carr yeah, so you, you you follow up the <laughs> dolphins trade for tyree kill you acquire Devonte adams and you're going to give your your quarterback who just cut you know helped you make the playoffs this this go-to target and within like two, three games, Josh McDaniels like, no, this doesn't work. Like, I don't like him. Went full on Josh McDaniels. Like what? And remember, I think, that, remember Devontae Adams, I'll try to pull the quote up here. He recently, I was like, like two weeks ago, he, he went off a little bit and, you know, had some comments that people, you know, people criticized him for um, because he was talking about the team and the very cryptic comments about the team. And it seems like he basically, I don't know if the ownership maybe reacted to it. Uh, but it, it it seemed like his comments may have lit lit a fuse. Well, uh, I mean, if you watch the game Monday night, um, it was twenty six to fourteen. But the, the 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 Lions, you know, fumbled the ball to you know turned the ball over in the red zone a couple of times. That game could have been forty to six to fourteen. I mean, they were terrible. The the, the Vegas Raiders were on on primetime national television were just awful. Uh, their offense. I mean, we mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo completed, completed ten passes. They've got Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL in rushing last year. They got Devontae Adams. They got, all, they got, two, they got an all-pro. <laughs> I mean, he's an all-pro running back, and you got an all-pro wide receiver. So, I mean, it's, it doesn't it you shouldn't know, be that bad. We understand in the league it's a Jimmy's Joe's conversation more than coaching a lot of times, but they've got some Jimmy's on that team. I mean, they've got some dudes. they got some dudes. Man. They shouldn't be that bad. Yeah. And, and they really shouldn't be. They're like, I want to say they're like 28th in scoring offense. Yeah. Right now. And Josh McDaniel's an offensive guy. Hey, man, ain't that what you do? Isn't that what you do? So that's, I'm, I'm with you. I don't. I, that's a great point about bringing up Basaccia. Most people forget about that. He did a good job. He did. He, he was doing a good job. Yeah. And he wanted to splash higher because he didn't like, because Basaccia had inherited the job. And he wanted to splash. And yeah, he got your splash all right. Well, and you wonder if uh, Mark, Mark, uh, Davis is just like you know what I screwed this up I screwed this up I'm getting rid of you know l- at least admit your mistake yep. uh, and, and to, to fire those guys here in, in November you know it's, it's probably trying to it's probably trying to salvage your locker room that your locker room's about to turn completely on this coaching well, staff that's why I think those I'm sending those comments to uh, to Ty so we'll hear them but I think that's what those comments were about yeah but, and from so your leaders in the locker room yeah we're, we're about <laughs> to have a mutiny here guys it's, it's like when uh, when, when 
you know, the, the Texas leadership had to go bring in Mike Perrin because Steve Patterson was the AD at Texas, and all the coaches were about to just, just be like, okay, that's it. <laughs> we're done. The hatchet man. The, the, yeah, the, the Steve Patterson <laughs> had, you know, was brought in to be the hatchet man, but in the end mm-hmm. he became – there was almost a full-scale mutiny oh, in yeah. the Texas Athletic Department. Well, the boosters and the donors didn't like him either. No, that no. That was one. a big part of it. They, so they, they didn't like him. <laughs> you had to – and it's like, well, we then bring in Mike Perrin and the, you know, out of Houston mm-hmm. and let's – Who let's everybody the, likes. Let's, let's, let's him, let him be the fireman and put these fires out as much as we can. Then we'll hire a, a, a new AD. And it kind of feels like what Mark Davis is doing is this thing is getting away from us. I think you're right. Uh, the locker room is turning. and They don't trust this coaching staff and vice versa. So, yeah, uh, that's probably why that went down. Uh, before we get to our first time out, Rod, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain and talk Texas football coming up. Got our uh, What the Facts segment this hour as we get you launched our first of five hours every morning. What do you make of uh, NFL trade deadline 2023? The headline, the Cowboys didn't make a move. The 49ers, man. The Eagles, Niners, Lions. No, no, no. no, no. I'll, give you, I'll give you this little factoid. The top, if you look at the top seven teams currently in the playoffs in the NFC, they all made a move except for Dallas. The Cowboys. All of them. They yeah. all made a move. Not, not where they all big splash moves for a trade deadline. No. Some of them were smaller moves, but they all made a move. The Cowboys didn't make a move. So those four dreaded words, we like our guys. We like our guys. Well, Make Jerry a song about does. It. We like our guys. We, lo- we love well, our and, guys. And, and they look like pretty damn good guys on, great. on Sunday when they smashed They're the Rams. But, but you, should, you, should, oh, you should use every possible means to acquire talent and upgrade your roster whenever you can, however you can. The Eagles, the Niners, these are teams that they, they're always searching and looking for that extra opportunity to add more talent to the roster. And the Cowboys, they, they do have great talent. They're probably the best drafting team in the NFL, actually, or one of the best. But, man, they got to start using every possible means to acquire the best talent available. And they don't. They like their guys too much. Sometimes, and we'll too see much, if they cost much, them man. here because uh, we know that the Eagles, you know, not just yesterday, but they, they acquired Kevin Byard from the uh, Tennessee Titans last week to, to bolster their, their secondary their, and their, their back end. There was talk they were in on a corner yesterday. They didn't make that move. Uh, but, man, the 49ers to send a – well, they don't even have this pick yet. It's going to be a compensatory pick they <laughs> get from get the it? league. They're like Colorado with Dion. Yeah. Oh, we ain't got the money, but we'll get it. Well, the league, <laughs> the league is going to give them because they – you know, yeah. the, the NFL awards compensatory picks to franchises. That you know lose a that that promote uh, minority candidates through through high high position. So uh, Rand Cawthorn being named the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, uh, and oh, D'Amico Ryan's getting yeah. the job in they Houston. They do it bad to anybody. Robert Sala, Mike McDaniel right. counts too. So they're going to get <laughs> and the Mike McGlinchey signing when Mike McGlinchey signed away as a free agent. They're going to get get three you know, middle of the third round compensatory picks. Uh, and one of those is going to go to Washington for the number two overall pick in the 2020 draft, Chase Young. Now, again, we can do debate how big this is going to be for, Wash, for for San Francisco, but now they're in their bye week, and they're going to come back with Chase Young, who has five sacks this year, opposite Nick Boza, his former Ohio State teammate. Remember, they went one, you know, one draft, it was Nick Boza number one, and the next draft, it was Chase Young going number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be on the line with Eric Armstead. Remember, they brought in Randy Gregory, too. Randy Gregory's on <laughs> That team, they, they love stockpiling pass rushers because uh, they, you know, I, I think they need to bring Never more pressure. But either way, they want to get after the quarterback, so that's a move. Now, now, can they afford to? Ch- because remember, one of the reasons I told you 
last week, the, the Washington Commanders are likely to trade one or both of those young pass rushers. I'm surprised to see him trade both, both. Rod. Both. Because uh, Montez Sweat, Sweat went to the Bears, which the Bears are looking at it. You know, we're going to draft in the second round. We're not going to be able to get uh, a, a, pass a pass rusher yeah. of that caliber. This is seen as a pretty light draft for pass rushers, um, even at the top. There's not a Will Anderson in this draft, uh, you know, as far as that goes. So the Bears are looking for pass rush. They go get Montez Sweat for a second-round pick. But they had to be disappointed to then see Washington get Chase Young for a third or San Francisco get Chase Young for a third, uh, which you can debate who the better player is, but you've got to sign both of them. They're both playing out their contract at this point, Sweat and Young. But, you know, the Niners, Rod, just signed Nick Boza to the mega deal. I don't know that they can afford to sign Chase Young to a mega deal, but has Chase Young earned a mega deal? Could they get him a little bit cheaper and then pair those two Ohio State pass rushers together moving forward? That's going to be the question. But obviously for your guy, Shano, this is about the right now. This yeah. is about giving no, up he, a third-round compensatory pick to go after it with the, and put together a hell of a pass rush right now. Well, because I think I think he's concerned about the defense right now. It's just not uh, as impactful and operating as well as it was when D'Amico Ryan's was calling the plays and then Robert Sala was calling the plays. He believes that drop-off. All right, could be you know the, the the factor, the variable that costs him another chance at a Super Bowl when he right now has the you know, the best roster potentially in the NFL. Debo Samuel gets healthy. Yeah, he's, they're, they're elite yeah. everywhere. Now they have two elite pass rushers. He's, he's doubling down on it. They're, they're, or tripling down. <laughs> so they make the move. Obviously, Detroit gets Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's just another receiver for Jared Goff. Uh, and again, the Cowboys, you know, it's, it, is it significant they didn't do anything? We'll find out. That's what the next couple of months will be about. And we know for the Cowboys, it's about this showdown with Philadelphia this week where they, where they match up there on Sunday. But bigger picture, it's about, you know, the uh, – the, the month of January and what they do come playoff time because they do have the look even without a trade yesterday Cowboys are going to be a playoff team in 2023 into the 2024 playoffs all right how about them Rangers it says on the text line heck yeah Rangers and they made quick work of the Arizona Diamondbacks even without Adolis Garcia who was taken off of the playoff roster he won't play again in this postseason run regardless but they may not need him because they're a win away now uh, we'll talk about some baseball coming up also Rod takes us behind the BOC it's day one of November we got a ton going on coaches getting and hatcheted in the NFL, got the college football playoff rankings revealed, and we are back on Twitch and on our YouTube channel, so you can go watch our show uh, from my little front room here in South Austin. Uh, we're coming to you live, first hour of five here on Hook 'em Up, just getting warmed up, coming back. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It is a Wednesday edition, day one November, and a lot, hopefully, for Longhorn fans to remember in the month of November, Rod. We've got four games coming. Mm -hmm. First one being Saturday with a uh, matchup with the now 23rd ranked K-State Wildcats. Three straight wins. They've dominated their last three opponents. Their last loss came against Oklahoma State. That was in Stillwater on a Friday night, and uh, Oklahoma State hasn't lost since that was the start of their little surge here through the month of October, now into November for Mike Gundy. Um, and here comes K-State playing some really good football. They've outscored their last two opponents, 82-3, to yeah. uh, rolling in here. So Playing their best um, football. Playing their best football. Longhorns are... You know, playing pretty darn well. BYU 35-6. to six. Yeah. They've got to fix some issues, but uh, yeah. also still dealing with a backup quarterback in Malik Murphy. Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest issue. Uh, I think Texas has the better team, obviously, and the, and the better talent. Well, I shouldn't say that. They have the, better, they have the more talented team. 
They have more talent, yeah, player obviously, by than player. K-State. If you're looking at the roster, man for man, player for player, uh, they have the better roster. And they're playing at home, so that's good. Um, but when I, you know, break down games, usually the best in first place to start is coach and quarterback. Those are the two most impactful positions uh, on a football team. And I don't know if you could argue that Sark has the coaching advantage. Uh, I think the best you could argue is that it's a push between Sark and Kleiman, which if you want to do that, fine. Uh, you know, I'm cool with, with that because I think Sark is uh, ascending as a coach. Um, but then quarterback, well, Texas has a backup quarterback. And K-State not only has a veteran quarterback as a starter, but the heir apparent is also playing really well. And they're splitting time um, with both of those different quarterbacks. And both of them are right now playing really well. So that is right now tipping the scales toward K-State, in my opinion, just because, I mean, that, those are two huge advantages. So for Texas, the margin for error is going to be thin. They got to win. They got to go win this game with scheme and they got to win this game with execution at a really high level. And that's in places where they've struggled. Red zone, two-minute defense. Right? We're talking about crucial areas for Texas well, where they're going to have to perform at a high level, and they haven't performed at a high level just to make up for the fact that I'm not sure they have their advantages in those two you know, spots, head coach and quarterback. In this well, and matchup. we know this about K-State. They'll be the most physical team that Texas has played, really, since OU or Alabama. Easily, uh, and yeah. maybe more physical than either of those two teams. Uh, hard to say more physical than Alabama, but we know what that Alabama team was week two. Uh, not nearly what they are now, but that takes nothing away from what Texas did in that game to go on the road because no one else has been able to do it. LSU has that opportunity on Saturday. But I'll say this to your point about coaching quarterback. I agree with the quarterback side because K-State has two. And Texas has one that's a backup who yeah. started one game and has shown already a propensity to turn the ball over. This is a Sark game. Sark's got to outcoach Chris Kleiman here. Yes, you, he Sark's got to out scheme it and then within the game, um, you know, take points where they're there, you know, find ways to, to, to navigate, to uh, <laughs> uh, create some opportunities for his football team. This is a big game for Sark here because uh, he knows what comes beyond it if you can get a win here on your home field. Yeah. Even with the backup quarterback. And he's undefeated versus uh, Chris Kleiman. And Chris Kleiman respects Sark because Sark has been able to beat him. He beat him in year one. We had no business beating him because Skylar Thompson um, was, was a little dinged up. But Texas had dinged up quarterbacks too and just used the, the, Ro, the Rojo cat, the yeah. Rojo cat, and won that game. And then, of course, went up there with a very impressive win last season. So Sark knows how to coach against Chris Kleiman. And this is not Chris Kleiman's most talented team. You could argue last year was with Chris Kleiman's team. Yeah, with Deuce Vaughn and Felix and you and your DK was on first round draft pick on the D line. Prince and the secondary, secondary loaded. That at home, the two quarterbacks again. That was the year for him, a veteran quarterback and Will Howard. And then now this is the year that Texas actually has the the, the uh, no overwhelming talent advantage. Uh, but like I said, those two areas. That's only two areas that concern me. Everywhere else, I feel good. And which we'll talk about the dreaded. I know we just had Halloween. The dreaded three high, three down. Ooh. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's a, well, that's another big reason it's a start game too. Because, <laughs> it is a good. Well, start look, game. if Quinn Ewers yeah. were playing and healthy, I think I'd feel pretty good about. Oh, Texas I'd feel great. Yeah. I'd feel great about. And Texas. that's why it becomes a start game because now you got to shepherd your young quarterback yeah. through this. And, and we're uncertain. We all uncertain how he's going to play yeah, in this that's game. Right. That's just we just don't know. We we have faith. Right, coming up for the top of the hour, we'll get the What the Fact segment, including those Texas Rangers slugging their way to a, uh, a 3-1 advantage. Come on now. Hello, win column, as they say up in Arlington. Hello, win column for the Rangers. Even without Adolis Garcia, didn't matter. They put 11 runs on the board and uh, beat the Snakes. Details coming, but right now let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind 
that curtain. All right, let's discuss the dreaded three high, three down, which, by the way, Sark's going to go on a run here. Uh, you know, he's talking about this is a Sark game. You know, you could argue in terms of him uh, overcoming this uh, this defensive concept, which has given him trouble, the three high, three down. He's going to face two of the uh, – sorry, three of – after this one, um, but three of the best teams in terms of the running and executing the three high, three down. That's part of their defensive DNA, K-State, um, and then TC, TCU and Iowa State. Right? You get to face all so, three of them in a row. He's a, so he'll be exposed. Three high is three high safeties, and three then three down is three down D-line. Three down D lineman. Yes, exactly right. For, uh, our, for our novice folks yes. learning learning the uh, football theory. Yes, and no doubt. And uh, it's it's a relatively new defensive concept. Been around since around 2017, um, 2017, 2016. The first time there is actually film of it identifies actually 2016 is it's Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State. Is the first time that I have seen it documented was Oklahoma State ran it. Uh, and, of course, Mike Gundy. <laughs> Mike Gundy's always experimenting with new stuff. Football trailblazer. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, but anyway, but getting back to it, he's the one you know that might have you know used it first or at least uh, that's first documented. But now it has spread like wildfire everywhere. And in the Big 12, it has – Big 12 has been kind of the, the, the incubator, right, for this, uh, this three high, three down. And we've even – now seeing the NFL use it a ton. I've seen it a lot this season. I saw it in the Super Bowl when Patrick Mahomes uh, looked very uh, mediocre versus the Tampa Bay Bucks because they were using a lot of it on those third downs versus Patrick Mahomes. So it has now kind of spread. And for Sark, it matches up well with Sark's offense. The numbers would indicate in the two years that Sark has been here, two plus years now, uh, that Sark has been the play caller and head coach. Um, I track passing yards. Uh, third downs, you know, points per game uh, against teams that major and minor in the three high, three down that have used it against Texas, even this season. And then versus, you know, teams, obviously other teams that use more traditional presentations defensively. So passing yards go down, uh, passing yards go from, if you go look at it versus the other teams, I think it's like 272. Um, it's at 198 passing yards per game versus the three high uh, third down percentage drop from about close to 46 percent uh, to about 36 percent your touchdown interception ratios drop tremendously uh, as well uh, you're talking about a, a, a ratio of like five and a half touchdowns to one interception uh, versus uh, none three high defenses or traditional defenses um, 1.8 about close to two touchdowns to every interception um, versus three high defenses so and it with different quarterbacks here obviously different quarterbacks uh, point per game uh, drops tremendously. You're talking about an, 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 a, a less than a nine-point difference, all right, a little over an eight-point difference if you're talking about three high defenses um, versus more traditional defenses. So he's, if you're talking about the comparison of three high defenses and what Sark's um, averages are product production pro, uh, production is uh, just on average uh, since he's been here at Texas. It's an eight-point difference, but if you're talking about versus three high versus none three high defenses, um, you're talking about close to a two-touchdown difference. All right. So either way you're looking at it, and no matter what stat you're looking at, 
Sark's offenses seem to struggle. Not struggle. Uh, struggle is a tough word. They seem, um, they, they seem to be less explosive, less impactful, and they seem to be, I would, I would say, ultimately less efficient versus the three high defense. Doesn't mean that they can't move the football. Doesn't mean that they haven't scored points. But you just, I just broke it down for you. The productivity, the efficiency drops off a little bit. And here's the, the stat, the best stat about the efficiency dropping off for Sark. Um, Sark has, uh, his offenses have averaged over seven yards per attempt in the passing game 20 times, all right, in, in the last two-plus years since he's been the head coach and the play caller here at Texas. Only three times has that happened versus the three high three down defense to average over seven yards per attempt. Think about that. So his offenses, they 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 only push the football downfield. Think about what U of H did and what it forced Quinn Ewers into. Check down Charlie. Right? Because instead of having to decipher the defense, I decide no, I'm gonna check it down. The point I think the the unique quality, most unique quality about the three out three down, they're playing the same coverages. They're using the same pressure packages and the same fronts. The disguise is so much better and so much more effective. The pre-snap disguise and distortion is so much better and effective out of the three high three down just because it's relatively new and hadn't been around a long time. So there are not a lot of natural baked in uh, beaters for the three high three down. Not just just yet. Their teams are working on it. We'll get into and how Texas is going to attack it. I think Sark already is working on an antidote for it. Um, but there's a that's an old riddle about you know a defensive football because it ain't old. It's actually in the modern era of football. You know how do you defend more space? with fewer defenders, right? What, what do you do? I'm sure there are, there are different ways to do it, but one of the ways is the three high, three down. You're able to sling run fits, which means you can bring in different defenders from different angles in the run game. Just because there are a light, a light boxes, because there are six guys in the box, doesn't mean there are just six guys in the run fit. You can have eight to nine guys in the run fit. The three high, three down allows you to bring those guys from different angles, from different depths to help fit in the run game. And the the blockers in the run game aren't necessarily sure who they're supposed to block. All right, so you, you can have guys coming free. All right, shooting gaps. All right, because the offensive line and the offensive players aren't necessarily sure who they're supposed to block and what angles those guys are coming for from the run fit. That's how it helps expose the running game, the passing game, because of the distortion and the pre-snap disguise. It forces the, the opposing quarterback to always process post-snap. Because pre-snap is a, it's a truth that tells a lie. <laughs> All right, that's the three highly down. It's a truth that tells a lie. Uh, so don't believe it. Don't believe your pre-snap read. It's going to be everything done on post-snap, and that's why the key to it. And I'll have the stats to back this up when we go behind the burn orange curtain again. Is to force the three high to declare itself. It's like that movie Independence Day. How they end up killing the aliens, right? It was right before the the alien weapon was unleashed, right? You have to <laughs> make them load up the weapon, and then right before that, boom, that's when they're at their most vulnerable. Vulnerable. The key to the three high is force it to declare, right? Force the monster right, to declare itself, to show itself. That's the only way you're going to kill and vanquish the monster in the movie is you force it to show itself. You have to see it. Got to reveal itself. And then once it does, in all the movies, Predator, whatever movie you want to talk about where you got to kill a monster or an alien, right? All right? If you want to you take it down, you have to force it to declare and reveal itself. That's what Sark has to do. I know how he can do it. I think he knows how he can do it. So I have faith that Sark has figured out the best antidote to the three high, three down. We'll talk about that next. 
behind the burnout script. All right, good stuff right there. And I think this is my concern for Sark because he's been building this with Quinn Ewers, and all of a sudden he doesn't have Quinn Ewers that is a concern, to lead yes. the antidote. And it's yes. a younger quarterback who hasn't yes. seen it as much. Uh, Quinn struggled with it last year and even times this year, and now he's got an even more uh, raw quarterback yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. That's what we, uh, we'll tune in for at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, Texas and K-State. Uh, we'll talk more about it, obviously, all week long. Coming back, we'll go uh, what the facts. we got some good stuff. Rangers, a win away from a championship, trade deadline. Uh, a lot going on. How about the defensive line that the 49ers will now trot out there when they come off their bye week? Pretty scary stuff. We'll get you details. Ooh. And the Cowboys didn't make a move. That's a fact. We'll talk about why. Come back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. Wednesday on the Horn, it is the first day of the 11th month of the year. Welcome to November. And as we were just talking about in the Behind the Burn Orange Curtain segment, it will be a November to remember for the Texas Longhorns. They have a chance to make it one, sitting at number seven in the first college football playoff rankings that were announced and revealed last night. And we'll talk more about that. We'll hear from the, uh, the head of the committee there, the... Uh, 13-person playoff committee. They have Ohio State at number one based on their uh, undefeated record and mm. wins over Notre Dame and Penn State to start this year. Georgia is two, followed by the uh, Michigan Wolverines and the Florida State Seminoles coming in at number four. Washington, the undefeated team that's on the outside looking in in the first of the playoff rankings. So Longhorns, where they want to be. And that's why I say it can be a November to remember because uh, when your ball game's here in this month, uh, you've got a chance to... You know, the, the, you, I go back, Rod, you know, in our What the Facts segment. The fact the is, facts. throughout the offseason, we're talking about uh, the goal for Longhorns to make the Big 12 championship game. But now you're to a point where if you can't win your next four, you're not going to play in that game. No. And you got to win them all. And if you do, you're going to be in the conversation for the bigger thing. You know, all through the summer, we weren't really talking about the 14 playoff. We were talking about, can Sark, you know, lead this team to a championship, back to Arlington, uh, take that next step on their way off to the SEC and you know, try to bookend championships in the Big 12, coming in and going out. Well, now that, that conversation takes on a picture because where they are at 7-1 and one and number 7 in the country means if they went out, they'll be in that game and they'll be in the conversation for uh, – you know, the national championship conversation. Yeah, right. So that's the exciting part, but it also could become a very disappointing November if uh, if they aren't able to win these games. Because, you know, right, right I was looking at here's a fact. Oklahoma State hosts Oklahoma in Bedlam on Saturday. Mm-hmm. If they win that game, you might as well just go ahead and put them in Arlington. Wow, what's the schedule after that? The rest of the way, they play BYU, UCF, and Houston. I will say, though, I love Gundy. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. But he is due for a letdown, though. He will let you down. He will. He will. He has one of those every year. He might have had those already, though. But I will say he was rotating three quarterbacks at the beginning. He was having tryouts in September. Like a madman. Tryouts in September for quarterback. It's like, who does that? Well, I want to get into this next hour because we've got to get some what the facts out there. But – you know, it occurs to me, and it's not li- I think it's not lost on you and many others, that you know, the Longhorns are leaving this conference, and there's a lot of reasons that the Longhorns don't belong in this conference. They're too big yeah. for the Big 12. But one of the things I'm going to miss is just the great coaching that goes on in this conference. It is, you know, yeah. what does is, what is Texas model? What happens here changes the world. Yeah. What the Big 12 has done over the last 10 or 15 years has changed football. Oh, no question. I mean, the offensive – and it's almost – the argument is, and you can just tell me if this is a fact or not, you're the football theorist, they don't have the horses 
to beat Texas and Oklahoma. They don't have the if you're if you're coaching at Oklahoma State and K State and some of these schools, you can't go mano a mano try to be brute force with those teams. You're gonna get killed. Texas Tech, you've got to outthink them. You've got to come up with new ways and and change the game. Whereas the SEC is more of a brute force conference. It's about size and power. And you know, I'm not saying there's not you know ingenuity going on in that conference. But at the same time, where's a lot of this stuff coming from? It's coming from the smaller schools that are trying to compete with the big boys. Almost a money ball argument is we can't try to be like them. Rod, we got to be different than them. Yep. We got to, and this is why Mike Gundy has always been this weird. You know, I know what Oklahoma is all about. They've been my rival my whole life. I'm not going to beat them by you know punching with them. I got to beat them by outthinking them. And you know his theory. You mentioned the three high defense came out of Oklahoma State the first time you saw it, which yeah. then it went to Iowa State. Um, you know, K State has adopted it. Uh, it. You know, obviously before that it was the offenses, right? With yeah. the, the three high defense was the answer to the offenses that the Big 12 was throwing out and those came from Mike Leach and and the red you know the yep. the which you know that's all matriculated up to the NFL and everything been. that's happening in the Big 12 yeah. has almost been a petri dish for what's now happening all over college football and into pro football as well. Yeah. Now, the Big 12 has been easily the most innovative offensive league and the most experimental uh, league willing to experiment with new stuff. Remember, nobody was going to give the air raid uh, the chance that Bob Stoops did. Bob Stoops saw the air raid. By the way, the air raid was they were running it in Kentucky. Remember, they were running it. How about uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's Tim Couch wins the, uh, the Heisman. Right, running that, running that air raid offense basically. So they were running it elsewhere, but they won a national title running it at Oklahoma. Then air raid takes off, and uh, you're right, man. The then big- you got to build defenses to counter yeah. the air raid, and then the air raid kind of, you know, morphs into more of a power running game out of the spread formation, which changes offense. And again, now you're watching it all on Sunday when you watch, you know, the the NFL now. And very similar to what you've seen in the Big Ten, Big Twelve in the last ten years, right? The, uh, the one, you know, the, the punch back and the other, you know, countermeasures and things of that nature. Really is a cool conversation, but you know, Longhorns are going to be fine in the SEC. But it is, it is fun to talk about these because you're the football theorist, mm-hmm. and you got to think outside the box. No doubt, you if, you're gonna, to. if you're going to win games against lesser elite talent, because we talk about the recruiting rankings every every December and February. I mean, the Big Twelve's not nowhere on the reservation. Well, Texas comes and Oklahoma. To yeah. <laughs> yeah, Texas and Oklahoma. Are. That's it. But that's who they have to beat. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll take your thoughts on that. We'll get some what the facts. Rangers are a win away from the World Series. We know that. Hello, win column in Ar- for Arlington last night and for the Rangers out in the, out in the desert. Trade deadline. We'll get to some winners and losers. Rod's got a rant coming up, which is going to be phenomenal. And we're celebrating the start of the uh, second to last month of the year. Five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook'em Up.